After my heart attack, cash from active care meant I had choices. When I had cancer, cash from active care meant I didn't need to stress so much about money. What is active care? Active care is a supplemental health insurance policy that offers protection for covered cancer, heart attack, or stroke and a choice of cash benefit options from $10,000 to $60,000. If you're diagnosed with cancer, a heart attack, or stroke, you could end up paying thousands of dollars or more in out-of-pocket medical bills. Active Care gives you protection at an affordable price. So, get Active Care for cash, choice, and control. Active Care is brought to you by Colonial Penn Life Insurance Company and is underwritten by Washington National Insurance Company. Visit colonialpen.com for more information. This is a limited benefit policy. This policy has limitations and exclusions. For costs and complete details of coverage, visit colonialpen.com. The Tumbling Saber Podcast is a proud member of the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. Connect with us on Twitter and Facebook. Subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts. Visit our base at StarWarsCommonwealth.com and take your first steps into a larger world. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 150 of the Tumbling Saber podcast. My name's Kyle. My name's Corey. My name's Michelle. And I'm Carlos. And I can hear myself still. (laughs) This is going to be really fun. Oh, no. (laughs) The gremlins have attacked. Alrighty, well, guys, it's about to, well. We haven't had a real technical issue in in a long time, so why not make it for the milestone 150? Oh, I can hear you guys fine. It's, I can't even hear. I can barely hear my own vocals through my own headphones. Makes no sense whatsoever. But I'm smiling. I'm in a good mood. Happy 150! Woohoo! And welcome back, Michelle. Yay! Yay! I'm back in time for the big milestone. No kidding. <laughs> Well, it yeah, kind, it's kind of, of perfect felt timing. Like, yeah, well, it, it sort of felt like we obviously you were missed, but it felt felt like you weren't gone because you were, you were posting or have been so active on on social media that we, it felt like anyway for me I I can't speak for everybody, but I felt like you know I, I was keeping up with you the whole time. Oh, think, I'm probably think, just really annoying to like <laughs> always be online. <laughs> I think I think Kyle does speak for everybody when he says uh, it was th- it was nice to see you in Italy and. In uh, London, uh, and wherever else you were holed up in, in Massachusetts, it was oh God, it was good was really traveling fun. along. Yeah, it looked fun. Massachusetts was super awesome because it was like I never realized how like insane that that area was like around that time because like we went to this place called Sleepy Hollow Cemetery to go like leave. You can leave little um, pencils at, like, Louisa Met Alcott's grave and stuff. And, like, it's crazy. There's this place called Author's Ridge. And, like, I mean, this is, like, super not, like, I don't know. Not everyone might find this interesting. But, like, it's Nathaniel Hawthorne, Henry David Thoreau, Louisa May Alcott's entire family. And then um, Ralph Waldo Emerson is, like, buried right 
like they're all buried like literally very close to each other if not next to each other and Ralph Waldo Emerson's like gravestone is this huge enormous like crystal rock with like his name on it it's it's like wild like and I don't know it was just so weird to like think about all the insane like art that was created there it was like really really like spiritual and like weird but and which burnings did you go to salem i I didn't go to salem this time but i've been there before and i don't know massachusetts is super interesting like my dad's from there so like um and i lived in boston for a few years before i moved back out to la so it always feels like um a huge part of me but i also don't really know much about other parts of massachusetts like i'd never been to concord before and it's amazing. I want to go back. Like, it's really, really cool. The inn we stayed at had three bars in it. It was so weird. Wow. But also super amazing. Like, it was definitely haunted, probably. And it, <laughs> <laughs> definitely, Like, probably. a lot of, I mean, probably. Like, if it's Massachusetts and back in, like, if it was built so long ago, I mean, it's likely. But, like, it's, it's just really cool. And... Is super weird. Each place was really, really cool in its own way that I went to. Um, but it was nice because it was like not, I, I haven't been on holiday in a really long time and I was working while I was gone, but it was like really, it was more like I was banking like content and stuff for future, but smart. Uh, yeah, it was really fun. It was really, really nice and um, it was really inspiring, which is nice because you just want to like, make sure you're being inspired all the time. But yeah, it was, it was, it was fun and intense, but also, yeah, I'm so annoying. Cause I'm never like, I mean, I was offline for a really long time for me, but like probably not for other people. They were like, Oh, just <laughs> gone for a week. And for me, it was like, Oh my God, I'm gone. I can't, I can't be online. Like I can't watch my show, but it's also kind of liberating. Cause then you don't have to like constantly be like, Oh, I need to post by like, 9 a.m. or like 10 a.m. or whatever i didn't really think about that so that was fun yeah i mean all that's that's taken away so it's like it's gone i can't do it so i'm just not going to worry about it so yeah it was really like it kind of forces you to be in the moment which is nice like when we were on a hike for four miles i literally was like i'm gonna die and no one's gonna know where i am (laughs) (laughs) like it was just it was like when you're like with an 18 year old and a 21 year old and like they want to hike like as part of your vacation and you're like yeah cool I'm down to hike to a waterfall and then you get there and they're like oh by the way like it took us an hour to drive here and also this like hike is four miles I was like okay uh, going up like one way or like round trip like I don't understand (laughs) like at first they said four hours and I was like are you kidding me like I'm gonna wait in the car and they were like no it's four miles and I was like I don't know how in my mind I thought that was like better or like I I don't know I at that point I probably had no idea what was happening in my brain but yeah it was weird and I was like halfway through I was like you guys like my body doesn't work like your bodies like it's twice as old like I can't I gonna die like twice as old I'm I mean I literally almost I like I almost broke my ankle on the way down um I just like rolled my right ankle and then like pulled my knee on the left side 
at the very end, I was very proud. But like, I my friends actually finally admitted that I was the klutziest person they've ever met um, after this trip. Because when we touched down from Italy to London and we were walking off the plane, I slipped and fell on my face. Uh, literally like deplaning into the hall like into that little hallway connecting thing that takes you to the gate from the plane like I slipped like getting off the actual airplane and the stewardess lady was like are you okay and I was like I mean obviously I would slip at this point too in my life like I don't know it was a mess um but yeah I was like I was a klutz till the end it was it was embarrassing like and I was with a very very klutzy person so she was like no you're 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 definitely the queen of our our klutziness family and I was like yep I I definitely am yeah that's something I learned again I never oh man anyway Long story short, I'm home and I don't know what time it is. And probably in my brain, like, you know, Star Wars is happening at the same time I'm living right now. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Resistance is on as we speak, I think. Mm -hmm. I'm excited to catch up because now I'm banked like a lot of episodes. So I'm going to have like a really great watching experience. And then it's going to be excruciating every week. I have to wait for a new episode. Yeah, I'll be interested to get your, your reactions to it. Either you, I think you might love it, like, a lot. Yeah, we'll, I have we'll a see. feeling. We're, we're, me and Corey are about to spoil an episode for you, unless you want to bail out for a few minutes, but we'll we'll see when we get there. I mean, I'm fine. I'm, like, I'm good with spoilers. I probably won't remember anyway, because I'm so delirious from not being asleep slash awake. I don't know. Yeah, well, let's just face it. We're not that memorable, so I'd forget, too. I will forget. Uh, I want to quickly say thank you to Kigo and to James McDowell for, for amping up their support this past week, guys. Or at least Kigo was two weeks ago, and I oh, I failed to mention it last week, and I'm sorry, man. I'm so sorry. So thanks to you both. It's uh, really, really greatly appreciated. Uh, so everybody's good? Carlos, Corey, you guys are doing all right? Yeah, man. Nice fall weekend, somewhat. <laughs> cooked some spaghetti. Well, Saturday oh, was like... Oh, wow. Now it's a weekend. You cooked spaghetti. Fall, come on! Oh, such a nice sauce, man. Did a little, <laughs> did a little drawing and stuff. It was, it was fun, man. Oh man, yeah. Well, we we had a busy week here, didn't we? At uh, Tumbling Eight Saber Industries. I, like last week, I man, we went nuts. We did well since episode one forty nine. We we had a newsletter, the Lego build in the Facebook group, uh, the poster that I dropped for the powerful friends, into the garbage shoot. Uh, cannon fodder just dropped moments ago and and now here we are for episode 150 it's yeah been, baby it's been a week man not bad not bad at all not too bad uh all right well quickly do we have any collecting updates i got stuff oh boy um i don't remember a lot of the things i got but i got those books someone posted them online too i don't know why i buy books on vacation because it's just making like my back my my like suitcase so heavy and i bought them in london and i still had to like travel which was really stupid <laughs> but I, like, way left... back. I know it didn't make sense at all but i saw them at selfridge and at the wh smith it's like a bookstore downstairs 
at Selfridge and um, I saw them and I had to get them. It was like, I forgot what they're called. They're, um, I could just look at them. They're like the Yoda and Vader books. I wish oh, I remember what they're yeah, called. I know what you mean. Someone yeah. just posted them. It has like the red cover and the green cover. Anyway, if you know what I'm talking, I'll post a photo of them later. I just, those are really cute. Clearly I read them. No, I didn't. I haven't read them yet. <laughs> I wish I knew what the books were called. Damn it. Um, anyway, I got those. I'm sure I'll talk about them once I actually remember the title and um, read them. But I saw them and I was like, I need to have them. The covers are really pretty. They're like minimalist. Um, well, you got two weeks to yeah. figure it out until we, we reconvene Journals of the Willing. So yeah, you got, I think you got some like, time. I think it's called like V, V, not V is for Vader because that sounds like the kid ones. Anyway, it's some. I think it's like some sort of like Zen in the art of motorcycle maintenance type, like Zen Vader, Zen Yoga. I it's probably not that, but like in my mind, that's what it is. But yeah, no, they're really cute, and I'm excited to read them. And then hopefully, maybe we'll talk about them since we are discussing what to read. Yeah, for and sure. they don't seem super like involved. Like I don't know if I could read like three novels right now. Um, but yeah, I feel like those I could probably read and like comics. Yeah, no doubt. But anyway, that's what I got. Clearly, it's a great collecting of <laughs> I just remember I bought them at WHNet. They just came out, and there's a green one and a red one for Vader and Yoda, and they're hardcover, and they were really cute. And someone else bought them and posted them on the internet. And then I have that um, that uh, art book coming, um, the women, the women in the oh, women. Yeah, the women. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, that one. It just came out, like I think last week. Yep. Um, and I have that coming in the mail. I haven't picked up my mail yet, so that's fun because I need to vote. So I need to do that tomorrow. Get on <laughs> that. Yep, it's important. Vote, vote. Oh, this comes out on voting day. Go vote like, like while you're listening in well, America. Uh, well, since you've been away, we've started dropping uh, Patreon feed episode, ad-free episodes in the Patreon food feed. Like it, literally, as soon as we finish recording, I just dust it up, fix, clean it up, and drop it. Yeah, so it vote. won't be voting day just yet. Uh, well, okay, but like, still, if you're gonna, if you haven't done it yet, go do it tomorrow. Do your civic duty, damn it. Because this is pretty crazy, man. Like I, I debated this week saying, you know, like I really kind of busted the bank in, on this one. So like, I don't know how much collecting update I'll have next week, but still maybe where well, there's a will, there's a way. So I mean, this, this is pretty epic, man. Okay. So, so it all started last Thursday, payday <laughs> at lunch. I go over to the local Toys R Us. It's a bust. There's nothing, right? So I go over to the local Walmart and usually that place is a bus too. I didn't even want to go, man. I was like, ah, like it's going to be late. I had stopped somewhere else previously as well. And I still had to pick up lunch. So like I was kind of taking like a really extendo lunch. I'm like, ah, I'm, I'm doing it. I go in and lo and behold, who's there? Got Val Vandor. I got Tobias Beckett and L3 baby in the six inch variety. I was like, <gasps> like literally took my breath away. I was like, oh, did you? like, yeah, I just started grabbing them. Like, ah, like totally like grabbed to, them. Total. It wasn't, it was like a, like breathing. Like you just, like you couldn't even think about it. You just grab. Oh man. I was so stoked. I like, I, I had to go through the, the, 
same row probably like three four times you know like anyway so it totally took my breath away so that was that was really fun like good rush that was worth it stopped by the local comic book shop on the weekend picked up my local pole uh and i also picked up one of those um a short box there really nice man it's like not a series i followed it was monsters unleashed but it's got a lot of nice artwork with the entire marvel universe almost so that was pretty sweet then in, a, in an attempt to find you your soka funko pop i stopped by the eb games i had visited last week they actually had wave two of the vintage collection which was kind of surprising but uh they did not have a soka unfortunately but i ended up walking out with steamboat willie funko pop <laughs> i got the uh <laughs> why, the luke and wampa yeah I, I, don't, I don't know i just you know he's, he's special enough for the specials in my collection um uh, I, I found the snow glue snow globe luke and wampa you ever seen that yeah yeah, it was marked down to like I think it was fifteen bucks or something, man. Like I was like, yeah, like I'm taking this now. And I also scored Black Series General Veers, which was pretty awesome. Then I then I then I moseyed on over to another. Oh my I'm gonna God. call this the new yeah the new Honey Hole. So I walk in there and actually bought my kid uh, Iron Man and Solo costumes for next year. Both of them for twelve bucks. <laughs> Payday so, indeed! Holy cow. Yeah, dude, twelve bucks. Come on, two costumes that regular would have cost me like sixty otherwise. It's like why not? Then every year they already got all the Christmas stuff out, so like, I was walking around with him. Every year we buy an ornament, and he chose well. He chose this cute little porg man, so that's going on the tree this year. So again, walk on over to the toy section, and what do I see? I see Emphy's nest in the vintage collection back on the pegs, and I had originally purchased that for you. And I wanted to keep it so bad. I fought so bad <laughs> internally, but I ended up handing it over. So I was so happy to be able to find it on my own. So I picked that up. Then I saw the Wave 3 set of Luke Cassian and the Range Trooper. So you wanted those. I picked those up for you. And there's my, uh, there's my collecting update. Yeah, sorry. Well, I also <laughs> found Afra too. I just, uh, yeah, I found Dr. Afra as well. And uh, I didn't tell you that earlier, but. Uh, you're not getting it. <laughs> you son of a bitch. Yeah. I, uh, nope. She's sitting, uh, right side by side with Emphy's nest right now. And they're, they're very, very comfortable right where they are. Hmm. All right. Take that X wing Luke. All right. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, that was pretty epic, man. I, I went bonkers this weekend. So, Next week, Corey, we'll see what happens. When don't you go bonkers, Corey? Come on. But this this was crazy. Like to see the waves. Like let's be like honest. I, I'd come to terms with like I'm like I'll never see an L3 on the pegs or a Val or like I'll never see Emphy's Nest again. And I was actually kind of surprised that they had restocked. I was uh, a little shocked. Even for you, like getting you that stuff, Kyle. I was like, <gasps> like oh my god, Kyle's gonna freak out. And I started calling him. He doesn't pick up. I'm like <gasps> call him again. Doesn't pick up. Yeah, don't call me. That's the thing. I don't answer phones. <laughs> okay. Well, if I see another Afra, I won't call you. No, but I'll pick it up for you anyway. Yeah, yeah, that's that, that's the thing to do. Do that. Yeah, I will. Don't worry. I'm on the hunt for it still, but yeah, I'm sorry, man. <laughs> Selfish prick. <laughs> uh, can well, you blame me though? Honestly, can you blame me? Yes. Um, <laughs> all right. So, uh, Carlos, anything for you this week? Uh, no. Nothing. Uh, it's going to be very quiet for me until uh, Christmas time. I figured I'd check in anyway. You never know. Yeah. 
All right, well, Corey, we can uh, discuss the latest from Resistance. It was the Children of Tehar. You got you you did watch this one, right? I did. I should watch it on my phone. Well, good for you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure everybody's much much better off knowing exactly how you watched it. <laughs> so, what'd you think? Uh, it was good. I just want to quote Niku once when he's just like, you can't even afford simple hydration. <laughs> like That made me crack up. So you couldn't even afford water. Yeah, that was, that pretty, was, so that was funny. Uh, Niku is, is the scene stealer of this series so far. Yeah, he's pretty good. Bobby Moynihan. You could really hear his voice in there. That's not Bobby Moynihan. Is it? It isn't? No. Are you sure? I am 100% positive. Really? I thought for sure that was him. No, not at all. Oh, man. Who does he play then? He plays uh, Orca. He's the like the little dude in the, uh, the the tool shop. Really? With the New York oh. accent? That's surprising. No, it's not. Meh. Anyway, I fooled myself, <laughs> I guess. You sure did. Well, Meh. I don't know. I, I find, at least in this episode, we kind of see the, the, the series kind of going somewhere a bit. Like, each episode, we've kind of talked about this. Each episode's been somewhat slow man and this one followed suit as well there, there's more of a story i guess being told in the development uh i'm curious man like like these kids from tahar like who are they like why was that bounty so high it looks like they're the last of their people almost uh i don't know i i'm really intrigued there it seems kind of important especially the fact that they mentioned kylo ren like he he's kind of after them. They're member members of a high ranking family, and well, they I, also. I, still... no, I think that was a lie. Hmm. Well, yeah, it's possible. I think that was just the story that Phasma told Captain Doza. Is it as simple as he's just trying to shut them up and say like, "Hey, like, I don't, like Kylo Ren doesn't want people to know that he's going about destroying worlds at this point." And they also kind of mentioned something interesting that saying that like they never heard of Tahar like. So it's possibly from the unknown regions where we've always kind of suspected that they were rebuilding and where Snoke's possibly from. So I don't know. I thought that was all kind of interesting. Stormtroopers still can't aim. Uh, never can, never will. The shell folk are pretty awesome creatures. Yeah. And the symbol. We the, see one the of symbols. those in, in The Force Awakens on Jakku, yeah. one, of, one of those similar creatures or the same creature, really. It was, it was. They were pretty chill, man. They seem really cool. I love sea turtles and stuff. So, well, they're like the uh, sloth of the Star Wars galaxy. That's kind of the way I looked at those guys. And that fa- the family symbol, though, like I don't know, like maybe these kids are. I don't know. If I want to go so far as to say that maybe they're force sensitive or something like that. You know, there's something about them. I hope it's not just something little. Like they're trying, like the First Order is trying to cover their tracks and don't doesn't want this information to to be spread somewhere or whatever. And their family crest seemed to be of significance. It almost looked like the uh, Orange County Chopper symbol. <laughs> yeah, it did a little bit. It did look familiar, but I can't place it. It's it's really strange. I bet if you look on Twitter now, someone's probably saying, oh, there it is. That's where the symbol comes from. But yeah, the, the episode really does take a turn the second that they mention Kylo Ren. Like even the music drops and you're like, ooh, sh- man, things just got serious. They're talking about oh, Kylo Ren on the episode. It's, it's that, that was pretty rad. 
for a second, I thought he was showing up because, like, we know that if the First Order gets dispatched, like, word leaks out to the First Order by Doza that, you know, the kids are on, on the Colossus. And, like, we see that ship coming in, right? And I'm like, oh, damn, that looks like Kylo Ren's ship. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, I guess there was a brief instant where I thought maybe he'd show up. Then but you yeah, knew the- it would be real serious. This is a moment where I'm sort of annoyed that I never followed through on the the post series in comics because I feel like maybe that there's a tip in there somewhere. Maybe, maybe I'm totally wrong, but I I I wonder if those kids and their family and their village, the planet, whatever, is connected to the whole Luke story and like whatever path Lor Santeca had taken, like when he was off and running and hiding. I wonder if the First Order was searching for him and he, one of his stops was on Tahar before he moved on to on to Jakku. And I wonder if, if if the slaughter of that village is because they knew where where Lor Santeca was and then th- that's just Kylo Ren doing what he does, right? Every time they go, or at least the one time we saw him go to a village, he killed everybody. I wonder if, if Tehar is the same thing for the same reason. So I thought that was really interesting. Uh, and and what and what exactly do those kids know about the First Order plans? That's another thing that that Phasma mentioned, right? True. Yeah. So what? I wonder what those kids know. I mean, what plan would the First First Order have other than what they eventually did? Possibly Starkiller. Yeah, maybe. Anyway, I, I find I find it interesting that uh, when the, we go and meet that species of, of turtle people, like they are, they're described to to Kaz as being like the eyes and ears of the station, which seems to be exactly the type of ally that Kaz, being a spy, could use. Well, yeah, I, and they 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 seem to take a shine to him too. Yeah, like I I wonder if he took note of that. It seemed, they seem to gloss over it in the episode, but I wonder if, if you know, filed in the back of Kaz's mind, he he takes note that yeah, well, these guys are actual good resources of of information. Yeah, they probably know he's a spy. Maybe they want to help him. Yeah, quite possibly. And then, of course, we also we know now that Captain Doza is watching Kaz, which is exactly what Poe didn't want, and Jaeger, they didn't want that. This is it's actually the last thing they wanted, and it's it's happening. So things are starting to move along on Resistance. It's, it's five episodes in. I don't know how many we're supposed to get for season one, but it's uh, it, it, you know it's, things are happening. It's kind of cool. I also want to mention one more quick cool thing about the show. He calls in to to relay some information about Kylo Ren and who answers the phone other than Elo Asti, which I thought was kind of neat. Yeah, a little little Elo Asti cameo. That was that was cool. Um. All right, well, Here's a question for you. Do you think now that these kids have stayed behind, like is, is Kaz going to take charge of them kind of? You know what I mean? Like are they going to stick around? Will there be a recurring element in the story? Or is it just he saved them and that's that? Like I'm, I'm kind of taking it in the sense that these kids are somewhat important. I think they'll be around for a bit. I don't know that they'll hang around for the rest of the season, but I think they'll, they're here for the next two to three episodes, maybe four episodes. One more thing, just anyone who hasn't seen the show yet and you're curious or whatever, like 
the standout of this show thus far for me personally, and I was almost a little skeptical at first, but is the animation. Like I, I I'm really digging it. It's, yeah. it's really pleasant to watch, you know. I like the way it looks. I have I. It didn't take me much to warm up to it. I, I dig most animation styles. That's not a thing that usually stops me from watching an animated show. So yeah, I'm cool. It, it looks uh, it looks fine. All right, so let's uh, let's put the, leave that alone for another week, and we'll I guess we'll jump on episode six or whatever it is seven next week. All right, so uh, there really is no news. I, I like I mentioned this in the uh, canon fodder this week. I don't understand how so so much can be happening with Star Wars, yet there's so little news. Which which I guess is good <laughs> in one sense because it's like that's everything's being kept under wraps and there, there's nothing leaking, which is nice for them, but boring for us. But uh, we did get some news that Disney is now. In the black regarding its purchase of Lucasfilm, so we'll kick this around for a little bit here. In your in your view, now that everything is all gravy and it's all good with with Disney and Lucasfilm, should they continue the tried and true method of churning out Star Wars content, just sticking to the the formula that works, or can they can they afford to be a little riskier now? And Carlos, I'll, I'll come to you first on this one. What do you What do you think? What do you want from the future of Star Wars now that it's all gravy? I want. Can I just clarify this question here? Like, are you talking like more like tried and true in the sense of release dates? Are you talking more tried and true of storyline? Or are you saying like more bold in the sense of like Tarantino doing a Star Trek horror? You can say whatever you want, Corey. Oh boy! Because I know you're going to anyway. You were just gonna. You were looking at which hoops you you needed to jump through to make it legal. I was just. I, I was <laughs> I thinking really about it when I read the question. I was a little legal. curious. Huh? <laughs> what did you say? I said when I read the question, I was a little curious. I was like, it's kind of a little ambiguous, I guess. But oh, yeah. No, I don't find it uh, ambiguous. <laughs> uh... <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> it's because. It's because I'm I'm living right now in three layers of reality. <laughs> oh jeez! And when you when you looking at it straight, you see the picture that the artist wants you to see. But as soon as you turn your head and you walk to the side, it's just like nails hanging suspended mid air somehow. <laughs> that's that's my that's my reality right now. But back to Disney. Um, <laughs> I I I don't think I, I don't need them to be experimental. Uh, with um, what's the word I'm looking for? With the desired effect, like y- you don't need to be um, off the wall craziness uh, to try to tell a different type of story. Why don't you try to perfect telling the five tropes that already exist? Like, th- there's no reason to try to reinvent the wheel. And um, I, I, I'm happy they're back in the black. Uh, actually, I could not really give a rat's culo if they got their money back. <laughs> as long as uh, they keep making stuff. I know. It's not just that. It's like, who cares? Like, their financial future has no bearing on my life and my ability to put food on my table. So, um, but yeah, the Star Wars stuff is cool. Two thumbs up. Hashtag. Um yeah, so 
I don't, I don't, I don't think I really. Uh, if they say okay, uh, we're doing uh, Ryan's trilogy, the Dungeons and Dragons guys, and uh, these shows, and that's it. Like everything that's announced is gonna get done, but then they're done after that. I'd be, I think I'd be okay with it. And then they sell it. Yeah, they'll sell it to Fox, which they <laughs> own. <laughs> <laughs> well, they'll sell it to somebody. Somebody's gonna do something. I wonder if that could ever happen. I wonder if that would ever happen. I guess maybe not. Like now that they're building theme parks built around Star Star Wars, it didn't. I don't think it makes sense that they would ever sell the property. They could, but I would. I would love to know because now we all know four point oh five billion. That's what they paid. If they were to sell it today or five years from now, what would that number be? And who would line up for it? I'm. I'd be very curious to see what that landscape looks like. Uh, Michelle, what uh, what are you looking for for the future of Star Wars? I'm sorry, I forgot to take my mic off. <laughs> um, can you hear me? Absolutely. Sorry. Um, I don't know the future. I mean, it's just such a. I don't know. It's. There's just so much that could happen in the future, but, um, I don't know. I've been, I kind of like what's been happening, but like, I really would like to see, uh, like more variety of stories, I guess, like in the film era, but like, I don't know, just different stuff more, I don't know, women stories, because I just feel like women, well, like moms, mostly, but like women in Star Wars, there are some, like, uh, big characters now that, um, but like, I feel like there, there's so many, like, memorable male characters in the cinema scape, I feel like maybe they should talk more about, like, different women, or like, different non-human people i don't know i still like hold out hope for an ahsoka movie in my lifetime i really would just like that to happen someday i don't think i don't know if it will but like that would be super cool and i would be super happy i just want them to like balance i mean i know they have to like usher in like new era of star wars fans and all of that but I hope they kind of like do these, I don't know, fun, not like fan service but like stuff that will like give you a payoff for people who have like stuck with it for so long. Not like all the time. Just like yeah, give no, us like mean, an Ahsoka sure. movie, you know, like give us one of those things. Like throw us I a feel bone like, once every decade. Exactly. Like I that's why I feel like this past Comic-Con was like so great cuz like people waited so long for something and they were rewarded and I just like I I really like have thought a lot about how that felt um this year and like how cool that was I don't know it just I feel like one of those moments would be really nice just like in every aspect of the Star Wars like area well not just like in tv or animation but like just or all sometimes in the movie or like sometimes 
in the toys or like, I don't know. I just feel like it would be fun to like do more of that stuff. And I would like to see more since now Disney owns it, like it's owned by a single entity. So I would be like interested to see, um, how they plan to either like continue to keep everything kind of, um, separate from each other, or if they're going to start doing things kind of like with a through line of, I don't know, other things where it's like, it's not necessarily like you have to watch one to understand the other, but like, if they're going to have, like I said before, those kinds of payoff moments for, for people who do consume all of this content, like on the streaming app or also in the movies and stuff, because now they're talking about, you know, what's going to be the future for the streaming service. Like if it's really successful, is it going to do more like Netflixy stuff where they're going to be certain types of like, if there's going to be like a big movie and then like a TV movie and then the TV shows and like all of that. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it it's sure kind sounds of that way to me. To see. Yeah. I feel like that's kind of where they're like planning to go. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's, it feels to me like event films, like if anything on screen now, big screen is, is event driven. Exactly. And everything else can go live on the streaming service. I think that might be the decision they've taken. Like I, yeah, and I also, I almost feel as though, like, maybe their plan with, like, holding back on Obi-Wan and stuff like that is, like, maybe doing those, um, not spin-off, but, like, those, like, one-off or, like, two-off stories that they might just do those as, like, you know, their original movies on their streaming service. And then do like a big saga type movie in the theater and then do one like of those kind of like Netflix original type, like Star Wars original, but like a Star Wars story movies on the platform and then have like the live action show, The Mandalorian and like all of that stuff. Um, I don't know. It would it would be interesting to see. Like, I feel like that's kind of a smart way to push it into this whole like streaming service situation but um i don't think it will start too soon off because like people need to buy into it first but like i think that would be interesting to see how they grow the service and how that affects everything that will be content will receive from disney like moving forward yeah, because like there's so much coming. Like there's so much technology. Like between the the yeah. the, uh, the, the amusement, well, the the theme parks and streaming service and VR. They, I bet you, they just have so many dreams in their head, but they can't execute on them first because either yeah. the, the tech isn't ready, fans definitely the, aren't ready the yet. Fans aren't ready. Yeah, it's just it's probably gonna be one of those like um like moments where there it's just like you're still kind of waiting for both sides to kind of catch up to each other. Yeah. Uh, but I, I feel like it, it's very, very exciting, like to think about the future of, of oh, just yeah, everything for sure. because there is this cohesiveness you can have with it being owned by a huge entity. That's a singular, but also like is very, very strong and successful. And like, they know how to, run a machine and so it's interesting to see how this is going to kind of expand 
it's I, I'm I'm so excited for the future. So I just I I that's why I don't ever want Disney to sell it because I want them to follow like they're the guys oh, they're that can never, do this. They're never gonna sell it. Are you kidding? Like they're never gonna sell it. I <laughs> highly doubt that they will. Well, Corey, Corey what's, uh, let's turn funny. it over to you. What, what do you want to see from the future? Well, just leave me off from what you guys are saying. Like, Disney is in this thing for the long haul, man. Like, they spent that amount of money. They'll sell it for God knows how much more, but they're not ever going to sell it, man. Like, this, the streaming service with that, Star Wars and Marvels are like the, it's the foundation of that whole entire thing, that premise. But uh, I think for the moment, uh, I like where they're at, you know, where there's, I want them to stick to this kind of game plan of regrouping and dialing it back possibly. Cause like you guys have just mentioned, we have so much content in the hopper right now. So much stuff that we've really not much of a clue what's going on with, you know, and some of that stuff has the potential to be quotes out there or whatever. You know what I mean? Like we don't know what we're getting get at this point. So uh, in that regard, like, let's see how that plays out. Like we have all these other genres like, uh, or mediums with like the animation stuff. Like the market is, I don't want to say saturated, but they, they have to take note of the timing thing for me, the release dates. If that's a tried and true method, I like, like put it this way. Like I almost thought in my head the other day, there was a star Wars movie in December this year. Like I was like, Oh yeah, it's coming to that time. Oh, like total shoulder shrug. Like, wow. Yeah, it's not happening this year. So by the time it does come, like we're gonna be frothing man at the mouth. Like I'm gonna be wanting to see this movie badly. So that that that's something I think they should pay attention to and not necessarily cramming the market with two films a year. I'm, I've never been an advocate of that. And you know, for changing things around, uh, experimenting, I mean, yeah, why not? Like in the future, uh they can't keep telling the same story over and over again. So need to grow and evolve and possibly dabble in these different genres but it should be like a, a more slow and natural process kind of the way they've been having at it you know with rebels and now resistance but like i get they can kind of expand like clone wars did like uh genre pieces and like zombies and stuff like that like i don't know if that'll play into a film or whatever but they definitely have to expand the product if they want it to survive and that's something as fans we're all going to have to realize. And I do have faith that maybe I won't, won't necessarily like something, but I have faith in the story group to come up with something that's quality in the least. You know, even if it's not my bag, like they'll produce something that makes sense for whatever they're trying to, to do, you know, and we're bound to see different things. But I just think we're still quite a ways off from that with everything we have coming. Yeah, I would agree with that. I, you know, there's, I'm sure there's a a file folder somewhere that just has stacks of information about what they want to do that we've heard nothing about yet. Like we, the things we know about, you know, the the, the Benioff and Weiss guys and and Ryan and uh, Mandalorian, which is coming, and Episode Nine. That's there's a lot of stuff, but there's probably so much more. Like I, I've touched on the VR thing at one point. Like there's, that that can't be it. That can't it can't be like the, the video game bit. Is like it, it's it's pretty much in disarray. At least it looks that way. That's the the picture that's painted. Like studios closing and people being pulled off projects. The video game front on Star Wars is a mess, and and that's a, it's a big component of it. 
And so it, maybe the, that will get sorted out. But I, I got to imagine at some point in the future, they, they'll want to make everything uh, a little more immersive and just to entice people to not miss anything. Right, so like maybe maybe these VR games will tie into the next movie that's coming out in some sort of, in some subtle way, or maybe not subtle way. And so you you've got to pick that up, or you know maybe a comic is a is a you know a, a must have for whatever reason. But I I in terms of style of movie, like Star Wars has become like a genre unto itself, and I I kind of hope they don't go too far away from that. I feel like at one point maybe they might have to just times change and people change. So maybe they might have to and they'll have to, uh, you know, keep their ear to the ground on that sort of thing. But I, I hope a Star Wars film always feels like a Star Wars film. And we had this conversation way back when, when we first learned about uh, standalones. And yeah, why couldn't they do, let Lord Miller do the crazy uh, slapstick funny movie? And who cares? It's it's a standalone. Let, let these saga movies kind of be like the 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 Star Wars that we all know, but let these other things be whatever they want to be. And we found out pretty quick <laughs> that that's not the way it is right now. But anyway, I am I am super excited for the future of Lucasfilm and man did they not waste any time in recouping their money. Already they're in the black, which is crazy to me. All right, we can uh, park that for now. And we will go take a little break and we'll hear from Devin from Outer Rim Originals. And then we'll also get a quick message from Bradley W. Hall. Hey, Tumbling Saber listeners, I hope you're enjoying this great podcast. This is Devin Cleffer from Outer Rim Originals, your online source for limited edition Star Wars artwork from officially licensed Disney and Topps artists. Each Outer Rim Originals artwork has the industry's lowest run of only 45 prints. All limited edition pieces from Outer Rim Originals are printed on archival quality Z-Clay paper, are hand-numbered, signed by the artist, and include a certificate of authenticity from Outer Rim Originals. And because you're a listener of this podcast, Outer Rim Originals is offering you the opportunity to purchase a limited edition signed print with 10% off of your order. Simply head to OuterRimOriginals.com and enter the discount code TumblingSaber, the number 10. That's TumblingSaber, number 10. Then get ready to be the envy of the galaxy with a limited edition signed print from Outer Rim Originals. Remember, OuterRimOriginals.com, discount code TumblingSaber10. That's OuterRimOriginals.com, TumblingSaber10. Now, back to the podcast. Tumbling Saber, Tumbling Saber, 150 episodes. How awesome is that? Yes! Bradley here, wanting to congratulate you guys, week in and week out, you boys and lady deliver, I'm so proud of you guys, every week you guys show up, you are so well prepared, you were so well spoken in delivering your arguments, delivering your banter. And carrying on in the way you carry on about Star Wars. And I appreciate that. You guys have no idea how I appreciate that. To me, you are the number one Star Wars podcast out there. And every week I look forward to um, hearing y'all's um, discussion. 
uh, hearing the updates on what's going on uh, in every part of the galaxy regarding Star Wars. And um, I just want to tell you how much I appreciate y'all, how much I appreciate um, the time and effort that you put into each and every episode. Um, it shows up every time. And I just want to congratulate y'all on uh, this momentous moment. And, uh, and I hope that it continues. I hope uh, we're just beginning this and that it's going to last years and years and years and years and years and years and years. So um, from the bottom of my heart, thank you guys. I appreciate y'all. I love y'all. And I wish y'all the best. Bradley out. All right, there was a double whammy there. You got some Devin from Outer Rim Originals. Go check it out. They've got the Luke print up. It's amazing. You need this Luke print in your life. Go check that out. And also, a very, very heartfelt message. <clears throat> it got me all verklempt the first time I heard it from Bradley. Bradley, that was very, very sweet of you. Really humbling. Uh, we're, we'll be here. We will be here to, as, as long as you guys want to listen, we'll keep making podcasts, man. Um, so yeah, thank we you, We appreciate Bradley. you, Bradley. Somebody thought 150 was a good milestone. <laughs> and they're wrong. I think Rick and Bradley agree. I agree too, guys. Well, that's three. That's that. I don't know what that makes it, but that's three. Okay. Again, Bradley, thank you, sir. <clears throat> All right, so Rick is in with a question this week. And Rick says... Congrats on oh, congrats on this most recent milestone. See that guys? Another one. I'm glad to be a part of the Tumbling Saber community. Alright, no more butt kissing. Let's get down to brass tacks. You guys are what could be a turning point for the podcast, and Star Wars is chock full of moments that had any single decision or twist of fate been different, the entire saga could have been drastically altered. If you could pick one of those moments, i.e. if Han didn't survive the carbon freeze, or if Tarkin believed Leia and destroyed Dantooine instead, which would you choose and what do you think the outcome would have been? So he sent this to us, Rick sent this, this to us uh, Monday or Tuesday of last week, so we had plenty of time to think about it. So I'm, I'm expecting incredible answers from everybody here. And Rick signs off saying, Cheers on 150 episodes and may the Force be with you. So Corey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drop this one on you first. What's uh, what, what kind of... I'm, I'm I'm so afraid that you're going to loophole this, but against my better judgment, I'm going to let you go first. Hmm. Let's see here. Um, I don't know. I had a bit of a hard time with this, but I wanted to, uh, to give it like keep it character driven. Man, like really interesting question. There's so many ways you could take this thing, but uh, I really wanted to go with Ahsoka. So uh, something I'm going to change is that instead of rejecting the order Ahsoka rejoins the order after she has her trials. So that being the case, you know, uh, she explains to Rex at one point, cause Rex is like, I'm going to take this chip out of my head. And she's like, no, like this is your trial. Like everything's cool. You know, I went through, I, I went through this kind of distrust. So he keeps it and she ends up dying by his hand as a result. So that being the case, you know, everything kind of goes on, as planned, I guess. But the ghost crew is never to, able to fully accomplish their mission. And good old Blueberry and Kanan and the crew, Hera, Sabine, you know, they they somehow meet their 
eventual demise because they don't have a leader like Ahsoka. So it ends up Maul ends up on Malakor still confronting Vader. But at the same time, they reach a deal where they're going to use the world between worlds once they find it and or the weapon on Malakor. So basically they choose to go back to pre just pre-order 66 so Vader can save Padme and Maul can get to kill Obi-Wan. But they do it and at the same time Padme still leaves pregnant. Maul kills the Emperor. He executes Order 66 prematurely and you're left with a much greater number of Jedi to survive and that that's where the part 3 would end. And then, like, Anakin can, I don't know, he's kind of, like, alone now at that point. It is really interesting to, to try and go down the rabbit hole and see how the dominoes fall if you just change one little thing. I can barely hear you, bro. Sorry about that. How's that? That's a lot better. Much better. Yeah, no, it, it, it is really interesting to think about what could happen if you just change one small thing. And all the dominoes and all the ways it like almost like a, a break in a windshield where the fracture just spiders. It's not just one straight line of, well, if this happens, then this, that, and the other. It's it just branches off into so many different other avenues. Very cool stuff. Michelle, what did you come up with? Oh, I muted myself again. Can I go last? Sure. Thank you. <laughs> Carlos. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I wrote mine down. Uh, so um, my Star Wars TSN turning point is uh, Anakin not cutting Mace Windu's hand off. So nice. um, if Anakin allows Mace to kill Palps, uh, it doesn't mean that his path to the dark side uh, would be stopped. It just might be averted temporarily. He still would have um, had the, the anxiety over Padme. Yeah, exactly. So if so, that's my my first caveat is if Padme still dies in childbirth, be, hashtag because reasons, uh, it could push Anakin to blame Mace Windu and hunt down the Jedi. Uh, and then maybe he researches the Sith and sets out to find like the Holocrons and stuff, and he becomes a master or he meets Maul, and something at that point. Uh, it turns in the in the timeline. You know, you could get a, a Maul versus Anakin battle to see who's gonna who's gonna be the new master. And um, and assuming Anakin uh, beats Maul, which he should, uh, ultimately uh, Anakin would bring up Luke and Leia uh, in the dark side. So that's if he allows uh, Mace to actually kill Palpatine. But he could also, instead of slicing off his hand, his blade stops Mace's blade from killing the Chancellor, and the Chancellor's arrested uh, and not murdered. And uh, then there could be this whole intrigue of, you know, because Pal Palpatine at that point would be like Negan, right? In jail. Well, how so, long do you think Palpatine stays in jail for? If you that's what I'm that saying. Far? That's what I'm saying. Is going to be working? His machinations are going to be, you know, he's able to manipulate people, and uh, yeah, I think it would change the story a little bit. 
maybe Order 66 gets um, uh, is put into place by uh, what's the what's that uh, big fat blue guy with uh, that's always next to him talking in his ear. Masameda. Masameda, that's it. That guy. Um, yeah, like maybe uh, he has orders that if uh, the Jedi ever arrest me, uh, you know, launch Order 66 or whatever. And yeah, I think it would be uh, there's a lot of stuff that could have been different. The timeline could be the same as it is now uh, with uh, a few slight changes or it could be completely different. And there's I mean, you talk about a rabbit hole to go down. Oh, yeah, um, that, that's like the core of it. Because we know for a fact that when when um, Anakin first uh, comes into the uh, the office, uh, Palpatine is looking at plans of what looks to be like the Death Star uh, on the the red screen. I don't know if in, in Revenge of the Sith, if you guys remember what I'm talking about. Yep. But yeah, so I don't know if that's the Death Star or um, to me, that's what it looks like. And so all that stuff was already in motion. Like the Death Star was already getting built. Um, The clone army had been (laughs) built 10 years before they knew they needed it. So like he was way ahead of the way ahead of the curve. Palpatine was. And if he dies earlier, uh, I'm not surprised. I wouldn't be. I don't know. I think it's in canon that he wanted everything to burn to the ground. Operation Cinder. Yes. Uh, but uh, I mean, maybe there's somebody who could who could step into his place and 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 stop that from happening. And then you know, the new foil for the for the for the Republic. I don't know. It's I just I think that for me I I, I for me I looked through the whole the whole saga and I said that's the pivot point. That's my TSN turning point. <laughs> Is uh, Anakin deciding to cut off Mace Windu's hand? Yeah, for sure. That's that's when everything concretely goes goes to hell in a handbasket. I'm not straying too far from that. Like my thing is still about Anakin and Mace is in the mix, but it w- it would be the council's handling of Anakin. I-, I Mace, in my mind, if he had not been so dismissive of Anakin when Qui Gon presented him to the council, like things could have been very very different. Like this kid's midi chlorians are off the chart. He's clearly got powers. You know, and the Jedi. In my version, like the Jedi Council would have not just sent them away or, as they did at, at the outset. Like doing that was to me is dumb. And like not only was that like saying, hey, man, like take that lit stick of dynamite and put it back where you found it. Like I'm sure nothing about it will happen there. Like I, th- I think the Jedi did the dumbest thing they could have done. Like giving him the cold shoulder, it, it made Anakin mistrustful. And resentful, right off the like, right at the start of their, their relationship, and that's probably not advisable when you're dealing with this prophesized chosen one. So instead, they they would have taken him in and brought him along more slowly with with masters like Yoda, taking the time to uh, bring Anakin along properly. And so they could have gone on this like mega retreat, Anakin and Yoda. And just let Yoda work with this kid like he did with Luke on Dagobah for as long as it takes to get Anakin up to speed. And yeah, cause they, they knew that Anakin had these separation issues and they knew what happens when that type of 
you know, uh, those issues lead eventually to anger and to hate and the suffering and all that stuff. And like, what did they, ex- when they said, nah, he, he will not be trained. Like, you know, what were they expecting Qui-Gon to do? Like, what were they expecting the outcome of that to be? He will not be trained. Go put him back where you found him. You can't have that type of force user just out there. So I, I think that was a really, really stupid, stupid, stupid call. And so with the proper training and mentoring with Yoda or some other ranking council member, Anakin misses the Battle of Naboo and he's never assigned to Obi-Wan in the first place, and which he never should have been. Like, who the hell lets a Jedi Knight start teaching this this prodigy in the ways of the Force when he himself is barely a knight, never mind being a master? And so in staying away from Naboo and keeping away from Obi-Wan, which I'm not saying we're bad, he just wasn't ready to be a teacher, uh, he ends up avoiding Padme and all of that relationship. And then like, who knows what happens from there. But maybe maybe he ends up bringing balance much quicker with much less suffering than, than the way it eventually played out, which yeah, but I blame I, on the I, Jedi. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to like uh, crap on your on your on your theory. But if he's not at Naboo, then they don't. They probably don't win that battle. Uh, the Gungans probably get destroyed. Uh, there's a lot more death happening there. Probably. Uh, so I don't know. It's it's tough. It's um, yeah. That's just one of the avenues that yeah that changes like, everything. How do they how do they win that battle? Well, obviously they won the battle because you know what? As I'm talking, it's coming into my head as to why uh padme's um uh, body double kira knightley well what's the her her she's sabe or i don't know which one she is but yeah one of the hand the kira knightley handmaiden she... yeah exactly the handmaiden right so it's like the her uh protector like uh she helped um well they Padme, got, they got Pad... yeah they got the jump on on uh, what's his face Newt Gunray, right? So yeah, they, yeah, they they got the they got the jump on him, and they were gonna settle a new agreement, but it ended the war quicker. Um, yeah. So I'm sorry I interrupted. I shouldn't have said anything. <laughs> well, no, it's just again, it's, it's just one of those things where it, that's now that's a whole. I didn't even think about that part of it, but that's true. Like, what happens at the Battle of of Naboo if Anakin doesn't destroy that control ship? Maybe, maybe, just maybe, Jar Jar doesn't survive. <laughs> <laughs> you're right though maybe nobody survives yeah. maybe it gets so bad that the Naboo surrender Padme surrenders again uh, and who knows but for me the key was keeping Anakin out of that whole thing because I really feel like the Jedi completely screwed the pooch when first of all they, they kind of brushed him off and then second of all just going yeah I'm sure Obi-Wan you're it's like giving somebody a, like a first year st- uh, teaching student like the keys to the to a classroom like you don't do that give like this is a special case let's get one of our best teachers on this i, I they they really screwed and i screwed up there all right michelle you're last <laughs> or you God, or, damn it or, or you can say i've got nothing <laughs> I honestly have nothing. Like I'm right, cause, just cause I got too two. tired, so I can't. I I've can't got like, think that deeply about stuff 
right now. I'll spot. I'll spot you. Apologies. So a second, a second one that I that I, I dreamt up here. So what what happens if Leia goes to Act Two, Act Two, to get Luke instead of dispatching Ray and Chewie? Leia goes with them, which she should have done. They're evacuating the base anyway. Why not get the general off to a secure location? An unknown location for that matter. Like she should have went and guaranteed Luke does not say no to her. How do you think that one plays out, Corey? Uh, I don't know. Maybe the first thing that came to my mind there was that possibly Leia knew that wasn't her path. In the ah. sense that, you know, maybe she had a vision or whatnot, or, you know, it was Je- Jedi seem to have this way of being like, yeah, like that's not for me to do. Or, you know, they seem to have a, that sense of like, no, I shouldn't be taking part in this action. Cause my part lies somewhere else. Kind of like, I've seen it. Doesn't that sound like a fancy way of saying because reasons? Well, no, like what if she had visions, you know, like she, she knows from this vision she had that it's not her that's supposed to be getting Luke and had she got Luke, it would have probably turned out for the worst. To be honest, he would have came back. I think. I think what would have happened is once they jumped out of light speed, when they got away from the first order, they jumped out of light speed. They the ships come out of light speed. The first order. They found out that they're being tracked. Leia's the one who stops them from jumping back to light speed and 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 wasting all their gas. So if Leia's not there, they probably jump to light speed. Uh, uh, for a little amount of time, they still get tracked, and then they get completely destroyed. That's a good one. Yep. The resistance, resistance proper gets completely annihilated. Yeah, Leia, Leia, Leia stopped them from from jumping back into light speed. She uh, and her plan was to stay ahead of the star destroyer. Yep, that for sure is is yep that happens for sure. But Luke comes back. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it well, comes back that, to nothing. That, that let's just say she did go get him, okay? And like the first order or the uh, resistance still does the same plan. Um, like it kind of changes things in the sense that, like, in what manner does he come back? Like the way he comes back in the last Jedi, like Leia's given up hope, man. She's done. Like she's thrown in the towel, and then the shadow appears in the hall, man. You're like, oh, it's like the legend of Skywalker has returned. Everyone's like awestruck. Even the first order is like, what is going on? Like, love that man. Like, if he he comes back prior to that, things go down a lot differently and probably not the right way. Like the circumstances that, like the dire timing of everything, like that was happening at that time. Had he come back, like, what could he have really done? You know. Well, who knows? I mean, that's that's the fun of this. Well, I mean, we there is no answer. We never know. Uh, but if if Leia's with Luke. If he puts up a fight, we get one of the funniest scenes in Star Wars history where she grabs him by the ear and twists and drags him back onto the Falcon and like sits him back down at the, the Jarek table like when she was consoling him when he was moping about Obi-Wan. Here she is. She just lost her whole planet and he's moping about Obi-Wan and she's consoling him. <laughs> yeah, but for sure, there's no way he says no to Leia. She'd slap the taste right out of, it, right out of his mouth. And yeah, it wouldn't, it wouldn't even be close. Seriously. Like she would, it would be like, okay, let's talk and walk. The Falcon's there. Let's go. And, and she, and I have no doubt she pulls him by the ear. 
Or she sticks her, her fingers up his nostrils and dr- just drags him down the steps. Poor guy. Oh, he like Luke's toast. If he's done, <laughs> I don't care how powerful he is in the force. She's going to slap him silly. Facial reconstruction. Pretty much. Uh, all right. Well, that that was fun. I enjoyed Rick, that. Awesome. Yeah, thanks a lot, Rick. All right. Now on to Dan. Who Does anybody want to read Dan Miles' question? I could do it. I'm sure you could. <laughs> <laughs> so Dan Miles writes thusly, uh, do you think it has been a good move to remove the Sith from the sequel trilogy? Do you think it would have been better to use Sith history, etc.? Or do you think Let It All Die moves the franchise forward? Side note, what are your thoughts on being dark side user, but without Sith eyes? Anakin had Sith eyes a few hours into fully embracing the dark side. Actually, it goes away after when he's fighting Obi-Wan. He doesn't have the Sith eyes. Just thought I'd bring that up. Uh, does the Force know if you're just dark side or dark side Sith? And act accordingly on uh, transformation. So, what do you guys think, Dan Miles? Thanks for the question, man. Yeah, thank you, Dan. Yeah, uh, okay, let's let's we'll break it down. We'll go to yeah, removing the Sith. Like, I I think it's been a good idea to remove the Sith. Like, why not? If if Jedi and Sith are considered religious offshoots based around the Force, then it it seems silly to me that there'd only be two religions. Like, how many versions of Christianity do we have? All based around the same dude. So, yeah, why not? The, like, what was the other one? The Ashla and the Bogan? Well, that was light and dark side of the Force when he when Lucas was first coming up with it. Well, they still speak of it in Rebels. Yeah, they do. So, yeah, you're right. You're right. So, yeah, the, uh, the, the Lasat have their religion based around the Force. I don't know, though, though I will say that maybe... Maybe they haven't done a good enough job differentiating from the Sith. Like, I'm talking about Kylo and Snoke, whatever they are. Like, they, whatever their goals are, they appear to have the same end goals as the Sith from the OT. Which, and they appear to use the same playbook of subjugation and dominance, oppression, violence, all that fun stuff. So... What's what's really the difference between what Snoke and Kylo are versus what Palpatine and Vader were? Like, there's I don't I don't see a ton of difference. So I, I'm not sure why they just didn't call them Sith. I'm more than happy to be done with the Sith. But I, maybe, I don't know. What do you guys think? Maybe uh, I, maybe the Sith. Uh, if you have to be, if you're if you become a Sith, uh, you have to be circumcised. <laughs> oh, well, maybe, uh, yeah, I wonder if doctors are still down with that in the galaxy far, know. far away. Yeah, who knows? Maybe there's like a religious aspect to uh, Sithdom that uh, do- doesn't exist in whatever lazy, maybe they're just like, they're agnostic Sith. <laughs> like, like, they don't believe, you know, they don't go to church on Sundays. And, uh, you know, well, I think, I don't know, in, in a way, when you say like, I thought about this, man, like the whole Sith thing and it, it is kind of very confusing, like Kyle had mentioned, but personally, like when you, I think I thought about it, I said, it's probably so as not to, uh, 
to negate the first six films in the sense that the prophecy fulfilled, the Sith have been eliminated. You know, like Kylo Ren is something new, but I get what Kylo's saying. Like I have it all written down here. Same thing. It's kind of confusing. And like, what is their end goal? Like, how are they different from Sith? Like Sith, I guess maybe have their own rules and structure like the Jedi did in a way, but maybe they are what we grow beyond kind of, you know, I don't know. Uh, what What's also kind of interesting about it too, is that, uh, it kind of provides him a bit of a blank slate for dark side usage or whatever it is. And it could be also something where they say that it is somewhat Sith related in the long run because it all leads back to this ancient old kind of stuff like with uh, Snoke most likely being from the unknown regions, this mysterious place that no one knows nothing about. It could be something new for us, but kind of just rehashing the old at the same time from a different point of view. Well, it's weird because if they're not Sith, why do they worship one? Or at least Kylo does. I think Snoke preys on Kylo's fascination with Vader. That is highly like, well, I don't know if it's likely, but it's, it's very, very plausible. Uh, Snoke seems to be enamored with Vader too, to a certain degree. Like he thought that, oh, here's, uh, you're the new Vader. Well, I think he's telling him that because that's what Kylo wants to hear heir apparent like he uses it against him when it convenes snoke to manipulate him and uses it for when again to manip- manipulate him yeah, yeah it, he's using he's using vader he's using vader to try to pump uh Kylo's kylo tires. Up, yeah uh, to make kylo feel like he could be the most most powerful uh force user in the galaxy when in reality snoke is way way more powerful than anakin so like I, I don't know. I, I I think he's just he's just using it, you know. Well, well, we'll see in episode nine when Snoke didn't really die and he transferred his consciousness to somebody else to the ring on his hand. <laughs> oh, no. And uh, <laughs> calling it, I just called my shot. <laughs> and uh, yeah, but so uh, we'll see. But he put um, himself into seven different Horcruxes. Oh jeez, what is that? <laughs> I don't answer it's that. Harry Potter. Don't, don't do it. Oh God. Me and you, we're on the same page, Michelle. Duh. <laughs> 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 I'm so tired. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. Just ignore me. So, so, Mich- Michelle, do you have like- anything you want to add? About what? <laughs> <laughs> I'll take that as a no. Okay, so I'll, I'll I'll answer Dan's question about the Sith eye thing. No, just Sith in general, like moving on from the Sith. Good thing or bad uh, thing? I mean, I I mean, as long as like the story makes sense, I don't know. I still think like I would really want to see a movie about um, the rule of two and stuff. That I feel like that would be fun to watch. Yes. I don't think that. They're not like Sith, though. Yeah, the fall of a Sith army would be amazing. Ooh, that would be cool. And that'd be but like, yeah, yo, we just gotta, gotta be two now, bro. I wanna so just watch be... the, yeah, Darth Bane shit. I wanna see that. That would be cool. I would be into, like, uh, some sort of, like, thing about that. The rule of two. I, I, I think it's just interesting. Because that's, like, what we know. 
from watching the sh- from watching like the movies. So it would be interesting to see like how that came to be like not just like you know in a book but like in real life. It's it is funny because we know for sure that whoever the master is, we know that they'd both be trying to like loophole the rule of two. Right. Because there's never really just two. Yeah. There's always but somebody yeah. on the back burner ready to strike. Like Asajj Ventress came around. Oh, well, she wasn't really officially Sith. Okay, fine. If that's the way you want to call it, great. You can call it that. But, you know, Dooku was on his way down towards Sithdom, you know, well well in advance of Attack of the Clones. Th- there's always ways around it. They just There's, there's the, the Night Sisters as well as an example, touching back on different ways of looking at the Force, too. Like, they, they manipulate the Force in a very different way. Sure. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just cool. I think it would be interesting just to, um, well, like even in that respect, like see if there was anything, uh, super different about like how they would have done it before. I don't know before they instated that rule. But I also think it's kind of one of those things where, like as a film like watching film it's like if you know about it like it's kind of like in the back pocket of your brain and you're just like when when you're watching things you're like oh well he has to kill the other one in order to like ascend in that realm of whatever badness or whatever it is i don't know so it's like i guess you you have to be careful how many times you go down that well too right yeah, but like when you're, but like that's what I felt like when you're watching, for example, like I, I don't know if it's always in the front of people's minds when they're watching things, but like when they were at the battle with like, uh, um, with, uh, what is her name? I can't, okay, Kylo and Ray and, um, uh, what's the dude? The old dude. The emperor, not his name. I was, you were just talking about him. Snoke? Why can't I remember? Yes, him. And in the chair. Sorry, I'm like, I I'm, it's a struggle right now. Uh, so my brain. Did you, did you get hit by a bus and forgot to, to tell us? Like, no, I'm so tired, you guys. Like, it's not working. Um, but like when he, when they were like, oh, well, is he going, is he going to help Ray or whatever? And then he killed Snoke. I was like, oh yeah, well that was obvious. Cause like he has in order to like be like, let the past die. Like he has to kill the other dude. And then in order for him to be the top. So like, I didn't think it was like, there comes a point when you have to like, when the, when the, what's it? The student has to like, kill the master or whatever and that side of everything so i was just like oh yeah well he's just gonna kill the dude and it's just gonna happen but like i don't know that was kind of sad but also kind of cool because you're like oh well that makes sense and there's that like the catharsis of seeing what you wanted or expected to happen but it's also like well i mean i would have liked to have been like oh is he going to save her or is he going to like like kill her i don't know i didn't think she was like in jeopardy i thought it was like super obvious does that make sense i don't know that's just kind of how i felt but i 
I mean, I don't know. I'm also delirious and I can't remember things. So who knows what I really think. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Well, let's, let's, let's talk about Sith eyes. Then. Like, uh, I don't get, like, I wish there was some consistency with Sith eye thing. Like, is it, first of all, is it a Sith only thing? Like we yeah, we, we only ever know. see Palpatine and Anakin use them. Like du- Dooku, Kylo, Snoke, Ventress. Like more of a like a visual thing they were trying to do that just like didn't work out because like the contacts suck because they have to like cover your whole eyeball and stuff. Like I think it was more of like um. I think maybe, like, now that they're CGI, but I still think you can't, you have to wear those contacts, because a lot of the actors, they always talk about having to wear the contacts, and they're really uncomfortable, and, like, it's hard, because if you can't get them in, and all that, I think it's more of, like, a... It's all It's all a show. Like, this is, like, Palpatine's yeah. like, he's like, give me a me- second, I can't get this contact in. It's like, how do you look? <laughs> you look evil, man. You look good. It's a logistical thing, like, it doesn't I don't think it like it works out all the time when everybody's having to put those things in and it just like, it just takes a lot of time and effort and energy. And they're just like, you know what? It's probably just easier if we don't do this. Uh, kind of how I feel, but like <laughs> I always look at things from like a weird logistical, like money s- standpoint in time. So I don't know. That's well, let's ask I Corey. Think. Cause he asks, he thinks the opposite way. Corey, what do you think about Sith eyes? Well, that's it. I don't even want to deem them Sith eyes, but I know what you're saying. Like, they do seem to be a Sith thing, but we've only met dark side users who are Sith at this point. Like, granted, Snoke doesn't have them, but he's kind of a bit of a different dude. But I really see it being part of, uh, I don't know, I see it being someone being fully consumed, uh, like a conviction there. You know what I mean? Like, the commitment, like something that they're just totally overwhelmed with at that moment so i really like that like maul is kind of in like it's part of him like i think his eyes were always like that but seeing that in anakin for the first time i was like oh damn you know so i really like that it'd be kind of cool almost to see kylo go down that path as well i don't think it's unique to sith i just again think it's really depends on your conviction and where your head's at like I wish that <clears throat> I wish they had done it with Anakin like from the start when he first becomes Darth Vader or maybe like by the time he's he's slaughtering people at the Jedi Temple. Like it, I think it would have been impactful to see yellow Sith eyes for good by the time he's like slaughtering children. I think that would have been like really freaky at that moment. And then just keep them cuz like once he fights Obi-Wan with them no, that. he doesn't have no, them. He, he does yeah. not. You're right. Like he, he's on the balcony. No, we, we. He turns to the camera after he's about to slaughter Wat Tambor from the Techno Union, and he turns toward towards the camera, and he's got them. And we're like, whoa! And then he's out on the balcony crying after, and he doesn't have them. But then when he get when he realizes how much being on fire sucks, he gets them again. And then from there on, from then on in, he keeps them. So it, they they are a weird thing to me. I I I don't get it fully, and I I wonder if it's just one of those things. It's there's there's no rhyme or reason to it. Here it makes sense because it it highlights the hate and pain going on within the character at this moment, and here it makes sense for us to not do it. And that it's as simple as that. It's like a very whimsical thing. 
I don't know. I really don't know. It's a good question, though, Dan. Anakin's just really passionate dude, man. Ugh. <laughs> All right, Dan. Thank you, sir. All right. I will, uh, I'll read Mr. Cantocast, Jeffrey Fishback. He's back with a question this week. Hey, Tumbling Saber, Kyle, Corey, Carlos, and Michelle. Hope you are doing well. Sitting here at work, getting caught up with the three episodes. I'm behind. And I just had an urge to write you guys an email and ask you a question that most likely has been asked. If you could bring back any vintage Kenner Star Wars toy from the late 70s, early 80s, which toy would it be? For me, it would have to be vintage AT-AT. I have most of my vintage toys, but I played with the AT-AT to death, and sadly, it did not survive my childhood. Love you guys. Keep all the, keep the, Star, keep all the Star Wars goodness coming. We'll do that, Jeffrey. Mr. Canto cast Jeff. P.S. Corey, loophole, all you want, my brother. So sorry, Carlos. I owe you one or two. Mm-hmm. Call right. it two. We'll call it two, and uh, we'll go watch. Uh, we'll go watch the uh, pirates play the cards. Uh, one time uh, next summer, when I make my way through, on my way to Cleveland. Rock and roll. One of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'm gonna make a. Yeah. Very nice. I think I'm starting in San Diego and working my way across the country. Very cool. All right. Well, Corey, go ahead and loophole this one. Uh, yeah, I had a bit of a hard time, man. Like, what do I, what would I really want, man? Like, ah, uh, so then well, I got I, to I read, thinking. I, sorry, just to, I read this as something that I we owned as kids or something that you owned as a kid that you want back now. Yeah, I didn't. I just said like anything that's out there available that was and ever was. So I'm thinking, you know, with the success that star Wars was and having watched, uh, the toys that made us basically like, you know, people went hog wild for star Wars and the toys just got like, they could not keep up with production. So they gave these like promise packs kind of like, even though, granted, kids didn't necessarily get the toys for Christmas, they had this card back that said, hey, you will be getting the toys. We're just still manufacturing them. So it actually was kind of almost a bit behind the inspiration to the 40th line where you get that whole card back from behind. Like it's like a, I don't know, say like a 20-inch backdrop, like diorama kind of deal. And I think it came with like all 12 figures. So I'm going to go with that. All right. Layaway, baby. Yeah. Layaway loophole. Okay, well, just answer it on on the other side as well. Something you owned as a kid that you want to have back. Uh, And if you you have to go away from Star Wars, like pull a Transformer or something. I don't know. That's kind of difficult. Like, I still remember getting, like, Vader and stuff, like, from A New Hope, man. But, uh... We didn't get those. I'm pretty sure you did. Like, no, we got all, that, the, all the figures that we got as kids were from from Jedi. No, because I remember Nanny bringing you one for your birthday when I and we were in Verdun. Yeah, it was that was 1984. There was no way she was getting a New Hope card backs. She was getting them. She was getting. Dude, dogs. she got us friggin' in the 90s. She got us card back Star Trek figures from the 60s in triplicate. Yeah, but those were still commercially available then. 
No. Yeah. No, she was getting him. She lives in the point. She was getting him out of like, <laughs> you know. Anyway, I, I, I don't know. Going uh, to stores what? and seeing those Star Trek figures still in, in the bin, and they were like ten years old. I was like, oh god, really? They were more like twenty years old. No, they're from the mid seventies. That that line. All right. Either way, uh, I don't know. Let's see. I'd go with uh, one of Give me the land speeder, I guess. We had that as kids. Mm-hmm. I always remembered really enjoying enjoying playing with it. Fair, yeah, that, that that is yeah. I remember that toy. Carlos, what are you pulling? Well, I never really had any Star Wars toys growing up, uh, so uh, the the. The, the one toy that I wish I could have back would probably be uh, <laughs> my BB-8. <laughs> <laughs> my BB-8 Lego. From circa 2017. Yeah. Uh, oh, nostalgia. Dude, I think uh, I'm going to go get that thing for you. Uh, stop it. You know what, Corey? Why don't you jump on my Patreon instead? <laughs> instead of wasting money on Lego. No, I'm talking about getting the one that you actually own. Oh, the one that... Oh, yeah, no, that's dangerous. Don't do that. Uh, Oh, Jesus. Uh, Yeah, no. Um, (laughs) I'm sorry. I completely lost my... Okay, yeah. Uh, Yeah, no, so uh, growing up, the only... You know what I would like back? You know, if I could go back, uh, it's not a Star Wars toy, but I wish I had my original NES. Oh, boy. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah, good one. Yeah, I wish I could have that back and uh, and finally finish Ninja Gaiden. <gasps> that game was cool. <laughs> I got to I got to the end like two three times, and the first the first time and the second time, I kind of didn't know how you had to win that level in the first place. And then uh, when I finally figured it out, I never got back, and then I just stopped playing, and I started chasing girls instead. It worked out well. I don't know. Anyways. <laughs> All's well that ends well. Yeah. So they say. And my dog is the one. Who, my dog is actually the one who destroyed it. Oh. Got a puppy. And uh, so they, uh, the the remote controls got, got eaten first. And then the wires. And then uh, for some reason, uh, yeah, she just didn't let go. And uh, <laughs> She wanted you to own a Sega. <laughs> so why are you playing with this and not with me? Yeah. I don't know. No, it's. Anyways. What about you, Whatever. Michelle? Any any toys from your childhood that you wish you had back? Uh, that's a good question. I don't know. I mean, that's a good question. <laughs> I can't think of anything. I mean, because I didn't really have. I mean, I think oh, like probably like this. I had this like really cute pony thing that I was like super obsessed with. But I think like right now I would want things like my light bright. I don't know. I just really loved those like weird eighties toys. Um, maybe like my skip it, that thing, like it almost decapitated. Wait, decapitated. How, what's the decapitation for your feet? I don't know dismembered just amputated my foot I, I don't know that thing was like super fun though um I don't know my parents didn't like let me have the only thing I ever had that was like 
gamey was a Nintendo, like, Game Boy. Like, I didn't, like, I wasn't allowed to have, like, an like an NES or a PlayStation or an Xbox. Like, I never grew up doing that stuff. Like, we used to play board games. So, um... I don't know. I I still I own a lot of board games now. So and like they're cooler now than they were then. Like I have like Star Wars versions of like all the games I played. I mean, we played a lot of Scrabble, so it's not like super interesting. I don't have like cool toy stuff like I mean, I grew up in Tokyo, so like we had cool stuff, but like I don't know. I was more like into like music and like I didn't. I like. I guess like. What, I had what a lot if of you stuff What if animals. you could have one toy from that OT era, like anything from that OT era, or I even mean, like? I, I really think that like if I was to have one version of like old school Star Wars toy stuff, because I watched. Um, the toys that ma- the toys that made us i would want that like super secret like never before released uh boba fett with like the launching missile yeah, back the, the, that like never got actually like released the choking hazard of the choking hazard <laughs> yeah i would want that like i would want like a like the non-released version that apparently people have or like an old like replica of like what they were making to like test with before. I mean, I, someone has to have that somewhere. That would be super cool. Cause like, that's a part of history and also like, it's super valuable now, but like, yeah, I guess that, yeah, I mean, that super cool. But like, if I was going to have one, I would want something like that. I don't know. That's just me though. I, but I, yeah, I no, you wouldn't be alone with, there, Michelle. Yeah, I don't know. It's really cool. So I would, I would want to see that and own it. I think that would be super rad. For sure. Like I, I had a hard time with this question too, and I, I, I had, a, I can't believe I had such a hard time. But I think the reason for it is, I mean, technically, I still have the toy from my childhood that I would want, which is a vintage Falcon. Although, like every accessory that could be lost is lost. And that's ours too. You still know that, right? Uh, sure. <laughs> the, other, the other reason is, is that we, we just didn't have as many star Wars toys as we think we did. Like we had a total of probably three vehicles, like the Falcon, the land speeder that Corey mentioned. And I had an X wing, but that's it in terms of vehicles for star Wars. The rest was just figures. And so I, I have a hard time pulling a Star Wars toy from my from my youth. And of course, like all the power of the two stuff that came out in the mid nineties, I've I still have all that right behind me here. So I don't know. It, it's it's I, really I cool. also bought you a an Ewok village as a kid. I scored that from a friend. Which I still have here. It's in the other room. That's my my dope. kid my kids play with that now. So awesome. They love that thing. So it, it, I think I would I, – I, we Corey and I, we had this dream of restoring our old Falcon. And Corey went so far as to, like, start buying replacement parts off eBay and have, having them shipped to me. But it's like it's – a, it's a pain in the ass to, to do that. And by the time you get all the accessories, like, you would – you'll pay way more 
sourcing individual parts rather than just buying an, a, a vintage Falcon complete. They run like three to 400 bucks. Sometimes you can still get the box included with that price. That's way cheaper and way less hassle than trying to find all the pieces to, to restore your old Falcon, which had a lot of parts. So I, I don't know. I think that would be it for me. Like a, a Falcon with all the parts included. Other than that, if I, you know, I'd have to go to Transformers or something like that to find the toy that, uh, my, my old Sideswipe, I'd love to have that toy back. Or uh, G.I. Joe Duke. I, m- I remember exactly where I lost that figure. And I, you know, I, I'd love to have that figure back. I remember buying it. But yeah, that that would be sort of the the uh, the answers to that question. But yeah, let me know, you guys out there, for sure you have all have toys that you've lost over the years that you'd love to have back, and uh, l- let us know. But guys, we are done for this week. Jeffrey, thanks for wrapping things up once again, sir. It was a pleasure. And thanks to everybody, Dan and Rick and Bradley for the, for the beautiful voicemail. Thanks so much, man. Uh, if you guys have, out there have a question for us on the podcast, you can send them to us via Twitter or Facebook or to me at tumblingsaber at gmail.com. And I'd like, I'd like to thank Rob Wade for endorsing this episode of the podcast once again as part of the E14 endorsed program on emotionally14.com. So check out Rob's site and check out the Crazy Train podcast. A new episode dropped last week. It was hilarious, as they always are. So do yourself a favor and check it out. And if you'd like to support us and what we do, then take a quick detour to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash tumblingsaber. And just from $2 a month, we're up to six additional podcasts now. Uh, Giveaways and a monthly newsletter all exist because of what the Powerful Friends do for us. Uh, But if that's not in the cards, then you can help us out by grabbing one of our t-shirts from our Public store or leaving us a review. On, on Apple Podcasts, or most important of all, just share this podcast with your friends. Tell your friends about Tumbling Saber and bring them into the uh, into our community that we all love so much. And don't forget, join our Facebook group. Do that. All right, guys, so with all this out of the way, Michelle, where can people find you on social media? Um, you can find me on the Twitter and the Instagram at tediously underscore brief. And you can also find my book blog slash bookstagram on Instagram at traveling book nerds, um, where I also have all my books and my collection stuff, updates and photos where I'll probably post the photo of that book. Be more Vader, be more Yoda. I Googled the actual titles (laughs) um uh, and stuff and um i'm still working on the website but it should be up later this month uh, michellegrandine.com exciting yep i'm working on it yeah it's fun and carlos where can people find you you can find me on twitter and instagram at c candido music follow my facebook page carlos candido and uh, you can uh, go to patreon.com slash carlos creates and for as little as $3 a month, you can be a patron and uh, you'll get a bunch of behind the scenes stuff and uh, an exclusive track every month in your Patreon feed. So go check it out. Carter's Creates on Patreon. Excellent. 
I've done that. I endorse it. Do it. Uh, and Corey, where do people find you? Well, my friends, you can find me at Chop Rules with a Z. Excellent. And as always, you can find me at Tumbling Saber on the Instagram, on Twitter, and of course, the aforementioned Facebook group. Please do join us there. It is a lot of fun, and we would love to see you in there. So that's it, everybody. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch everybody next week in episode 151. Struggle for the answers, questions frighten me. Circles getting wider, it's harder just to see.
I'm enrolling in Medicare soon, and it had me a little confused. Then I found MyHealthPolicy.com. With MyHealthPolicy.com, I could go online and compare Medicare Advantage plans from some top-rated national insurers, including $0 monthly premium plans. I could learn about plans in my area and talk with a licensed insurance agent if needed. MyHealthPolicy.com has made doing my research a whole lot easier. My choice, my Medicare, MyHealthPolicy.com. New to Medicare? Start now. Go to MyHealthPolicy.com to learn about some of the top-rated Medicare Advantage plans in your area, including plans for $0 a month in plan premiums, low out-of-pocket costs, and expansive provider networks. If you're thinking about a Medicare Advantage plan, MyHealthPolicy.com is a great place to go to find a plan that meets your needs. Learn more about your options. Even talk with a licensed insurance agent. MyHealthPolicy.com. New to Medicare? Go to MyHealthPolicy.com. With MyHealthPolicy.com, you can compare plans from some of the nation's top insurers. Start now to find a plan and apply online. MyHealthPolicy.com makes it easy to find a Medicare Advantage plan in your area, including plans for $0 a month in plan premiums, low out-of-pocket costs, and expansive provider networks. My decision, my Medicare. MyHealthPolicy.com. 